Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to The Great America Show. Hope you're having a great weekend. If it weren't so serious, I'd have to say the country has gone, well, more than a little nuts. Whether it's a Democrat staffer caught filming gay sex acts in a Senate hearing room, or Congresswoman Lauren Boebert deciding to vote for the reauthorization of FISA and Section 702 so the FBI and CIA and their Democrat pals can continue spying on American citizens or the mad Marxists on MSNBC, realizing they've been caught by Jews who didn't believe how many of the so-called progressives and the Democrat Party are Jew-hating bigots who hate Israel and side with Hamas and Iran, who side with Iran's Hamas terrorists who massacred Israelis on October 7th, killing, raping, torturing, beheading babies, and whose sponsors and supporters in this country Who would have ever imagined there are so many, tens of thousands of them, on campuses, on bridges, streets, demonstrating and demanding that the Israeli Defense Forces lay down their weapons and just be friends with all who mean to exterminate them, to wipe Israel off the map, to claim all between the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. You don't have to be a scholar to understand that would mean the obliteration of Israel, And the Israelis, for some reason, aren't willing to negotiate or surrender their existence. Thank God. The Biden regime, led by a puppet of the Marxist left, impaired and compromised, are pushing pure propaganda to obfuscate the moral clarity that surrounds this conflict, happily without success. The madness is that they try. Biden to Netanyahu... How about that two-state solution? 
No thank you. Biden's demand in the aftermath of October 7th. The shame is that they tried. But in so doing, they've exposed who and what they are to the rest of us. Further evidence of unstable minds and atmospherics in our nation's capital. Biden, with his poll numbers spiraling, his mad rule is, without question, dissolving. The House Republicans, though, at the same time, decide they like, they really want more spying, more surveillance by the deep state on American citizens. The Republicans want to impeach him, but at the same time, assure his friends the power, the tools to spy on all of us. 147 Republicans voted for the surveillance state. That, too, is absolute madness. The good news is the Republicans were, if not principled, not courageous, at least able to muster a unanimous vote to formalize an impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. Well, somehow, somehow, the Supreme Court also decided to rule on the extent of President Trump's immunity from the likes of deep state and Marxist-dim persecutors like Jack Smith. Our guest today is Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson. Professor, I want to say welcome to The Great America Show. It's great to have you with us. I am sorry that it's under these circumstances, frankly. Harvard, MIT, Penn, Cornell, the Ivy League is under duress without any question now about the subjects you and I have been talking about for some time, and that is anti-Semitism on the campuses, universities, and colleges across this country. I want to start with your thoughts first about the fact that President of Penn resigned her post. The president of Harvard has received the full support of the Harvard board, despite charges of not only anti-Semitism and now plagiarism, suppressing free speech, and actually playing a role, at least, in the ousting of a law professor who was defending Weinstein in his sordid sexual harassment cases. Your thoughts about it all? Yeah, well, it's really, I think, is a reflection of the decline of our elite academic institutions. You see uh, a philosophy uh, characterized in different ways. You could call it critical race theory. You could call it diversity, equity, inclusion. You could call it whatever you want. But it is elevating politics over academic substance. It is centering race in the middle of everything, and it has a very fundamentally anti-American flavor to it, anti-capitalist flavor to it. And unfortunately, in this kind of toxic mix that's going on in academia, the most radical elements have chosen to single out Jews as the object of their hatred, something that we know has gone on many times in history. Uh, And the People who should be the adults in the room, the presidents of universities, have proven that they are not adults when it comes to these matters. And and that's really what we're seeing. You can't judge what's going on now in the narrow scope of the last 30 or 60 days. You really have to view it in the scope of what has happened to academia in the last 20 to 30 years. You know, I've often thought, and I know this is going to be controversial for some people, but to have academic programs uh, on ethnocentric uh, subjects 
I, it's to me a dilution of the of academia. Uh, then to take that to another step and have actually uh, political uh, activist education, whether it be the Kennedy School, whatever it may be, uh, Stanford, whatever it may be, the university, uh, instead of the fundamental university subjects that one associates with that of producing, uh, graduating uh, men and women of true education in the classical sense. Uh, it is, I, I frankly think that it is a, a crime for these universities to be charging 50 to what, 80, $85,000 a year for the education that's being provided. Your thoughts? I think that's right. I mean, I think we are not educating people, at least at these elite institutions. Um, notice, and other people have commented on this, we don't see these protests and these riots in favor of terrorists at community colleges, where students are more likely to actually want to learn something that will help them in their life. Uh, we're seeing them at the most elite institutions, and I, I think it's a, a complete failure of the system. We have elevated identity politics over merit. We have elevated equity, meaning equalizing outcomes and manipulating outcomes over equality where everybody is treated fairly. And so that's what we're seeing go on. And it's really tragic. We're not graduating the future generations that we need to keep this country strong. We're graduating people who have been schooled in an ideology of tearing down our society. If you look at all of these ideologies that are creating this toxic mix on campuses, it's a hatred of our system and a desire to tear us down. Of course, they don't understand what the consequences of that will be, but understanding is not really what it's about. These are essentially what you would see in many cases at, at a North Korean rally, just people chanting slogans they don't even necessarily understand. There have been a number of people who've interviewed students on campuses chanting from the river to the sea, and they can't tell you what river and what sea. They just mind-numbed chanting of these, these genocidal um, doctrines, and so it's really scary. It's a, it's a time where I hope what has happened the last month and two months on campuses is a massive wake up to our country that what's happening on campuses is poses a, a long term threat to our country. I, th I think you're right in both instances. Uh, it's a long term threat. It's uh, it should be a wake up call. But at the same time, we have watched these uh, these universities and many of them, not I'm not talking about the Ivy League or just the private universities. I'm talking about state universities as well, uh, bringing in federal funds, huge, huge sums of money. We're talking about billions upon billions of dollars here, uh, more money and uh, certainly in the instance of, of Harvard than some people are charged for tuition. Uh, it is the federal government has a an immense stranglehold on these institutions, whether it's acknowledged or not. And and the fact that they do have that stranglehold uh, is not to the benefit of uh, the uh, the American nation uh, and our way of life. It is we have watched this um, uh, Palestinian radical Islamist uh, fervor build up in our universities. And without comment, it seems, let alone attempt at restraint on the part of any of these universities. We'll be right back with Professor William Jacobson of Cornell. <sighs> ah. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back with Professor William Jacobson and uh, Professor of Law at Cornell. Let's let's turn to this to keep it as specific as we can. Your thoughts about a university, any university, that had witnessed their president do uh, what uh, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University, had done before the uh, hearing in the U.S. in the U.S. Congress, who is accused of plagiarism, who is accused of constricting, constraining free speech, uh, who is accused of uh, outing, uh, ousting a professor who just happened to defend uh, the uh, Harvey Weinstein. Uh, what, what is your reaction to that? And how in the world could any board of trustees, uh, corporate board of any university support that? Well, it's hard to understand in any reasonable corporate fiduciary sense. Uh, she was a failure in her relatively short term so far as president. And you need a president precisely to deal with times of crisis, such as has happened the last 60 days. And she's been unable to deal with it. In fact, the dealings she's had with it have made the situation worse, not better. They're an embarrassment to Harvard. I've read someplace that they've lost over a billion dollars in pledged mm. donations because of it. Uh, and then it comes out that she legitimately plagiarized in multiple papers, you know, other authors and the Harvard board in their announcement that they are sticking with her acknowledged that their review found four instances of uh, lacking attribution in her papers. Uh, there are other people who found more and the, but they don't feel it was serious enough. And they're going to allow her to issue corrections to her papers. I mean, this is insane. <laughs> really, it is. I don't mean to laugh about it, but this is insane. You have somebody who's a complete failure, who embarrassed the university, who cost them a billion dollars, who gets caught plagiarizing, and they're going to stand with her. And I think the problem is they're between a rock and a hard place. I mean, she was appointed because she was a strict adherent and promoter of diversity, equity, and inclusion ideology. I mean, a paper leaked out recently that she had written, uh, you know, that she was going to push that into every aspect of the university. So the university is in a hard place. If they fire a black woman a president who was hired because she is a devotee of diversity, equity, and inclusion, you can imagine the uproar they're going to face from the student activists and from the faculty activists. But if they keep her on, it's immensely damaging long term to the brand of Harvard. 
And maybe they think they're above it. Maybe they think their brand can't be permanently tarnished because it's Harvard. Well, you know what? The people who branded Bud Light thought the same thing, and they found out differently. I think that they are in an extremely uh, difficult position, and I think that this will seriously hurt the Harvard brand, the Ivy League brand, and I think that the nation is waking up to the fact that these elite institutions, and I work at one of them, um, are doing tremendous damage to the country. It's, it is, to me, I, I guess it's, it's just simply reflex. What would, what would the Harvard board have done uh, if the president was a white male? And done precisely the same thing, because what we're getting into is the politics of both condescension and patronage. Uh, It is, uh, to me, it is just inexcusable, and it puts the lie further uh, to diversity uh, and uh, equity and inclusion. Uh, These are are nonsense uh, inventions of identity politics. And and until the country un- understands what it is, uh, you're going to have people going around mouthing it, making programs out of it, and conjuring it up uh, in some sort of, you know, in every imaginable way. What are your thoughts about the necessity to get rid of ESG, DEI, uh, all of this nonsense? Yes. I mean, while you were talking, I was thinking back, you know, there's a book, I think it was in the late 70s, called Harvard Hates America. And uh, it was such a great, it was a bestseller, it was a big hit at the time, people have probably forgotten it. But Harvard Hates America, and it's absolutely true. They sneer at, you know, ordinary citizens, they consider themselves above, and the way they're acting now, I think, is a perfect example. As to DEI and ESG and all of those, uh, you know, ESG is more of a corporate thing. Uh, and I think from an investment point of view, it's right. nonsense. But, uh, you know, DEI is a, an academic thing. It's a campus thing. I mean, it's moved beyond campus, but it's basically a campus thing. And, you know, regardless of whether you're a Democrat or Republican or regardless of who you support in the Republican primary, um, what they're doing in Florida, what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida is part of the answer. It is defund these bureaucracies defund these government salaried bureaucracies who are causing such monumental pain. I mean, we've been at my website and and I've been screaming for years that DEI is poisonous. It breaks people into identity groups. It forces them to be treated not as, you know, fully human individuals, but as humans who are merely part of a greater group, a group identity. It pits people against each other and it pits people against their country. Get rid of it. It has to be gotten rid of. You can't tweak it around the edges. I couldn't agree with you more. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking with Cornell Professor William Jacobson. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Professor William Jacobson. Professor, just a a short while ago, short, what, two months ago, uh, Cornell was in the midst of its own controversy. Uh, Has there been an improvement? Has there been, uh, what is the environment now? Has has the campus settled down and uh, are you moving to a, a, a better path? Well, it's certainly not as bad as it was six weeks ago when there was a professor who announced he was exhilarated while when he heard of the Hamas attack. Um, there were student groups chanting, you know, from the river to the sea and intifada intifada, which is the bloody uh, suicide bombing campaign against Israel. Uh, there was a student who appears to have become radicalized while at Cornell, who actually posted threats to shoot and shoot up the uh, kosher dining hall, uh, was arrested, charged in federal court now. Uh, it was a bad scene and, and a completely um, incompetent response from the administration that really they just reacted to pressure from alumni and the media couldn't figure out the right thing to do the first time. So it's not a great situation. I think the I have zero confidence that the administration is going to do anything other than try to wait it out and try to avoid having to take any meaningful action on campus. They just announced a new policy that um, because, you know, of the presidents who testified in Congress couldn't say that calling for genocide is uh, against campus policy. Um, They they announced a policy. Yes, calling for genocide is against Cornell's policy. But the way they define genocide is not the standard definition of genocide. Um, You know, the U.N., the Holocaust Museum, the United States Congress, they all have uh, definitions of of genocide, which do not limit it to the complete eradication of a people. Yet Cornell announces that a call to kill all members of a group, all members of a group um, is a call for genocide and will not be tolerated on campus. Well, that's just a dodge. Nobody defines genocide that way. That's a subset of genocide, and nobody's calling for that. Uh, And so they create this fictitious, phony uh, definition of genocide, which is not a standard definition, uh, that they know is not what people call for. And what they're doing is they're trying to do it to avoid having to deal with the problem on campus of people calling for violence against Jews, because if they don't call to kill all Jews, then it's not a call for genocide, according to the Cornell administration, which, of course, is absurd. That whole thing tells me they are not serious about this. They're treating this as a public relations exercise, and they think they can wordsmith their way around it. But I can tell you, alumni are very upset. I think parents are very upset. I think students are very upset. And Cornell's just going to try to rope-a-dope it and wait it out and hope we go on winter break. And when everybody comes back in six weeks, it's all forgotten. I don't know if that will happen, but I think that's their strategy. Is there enough independent thought within the students of Cornell for those students to come back organized and to meet the the threat of DEI, CRT, or critical legal theory, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, and to take it head on and the administration. Yeah, I, I don't think the current students will be able, will uh, rise up, so to speak. I think that they feel very bullied. Uh, I think they feel that to speak out means they will be targeted. I mean, remember, we have mobs of students running through the campus with bullhorns chanting for violence. Uh, I think it's a lot to ask, you know, a sophomore in college to stand up to that. Uh, I, so, but what will happen with, you know, future applications in future generations. I mean, Harvard will always fill its class and there'll always be more people who want the name and want the diploma uh, and don't care about it. But I do believe we are developing in this country something of a red-blue divide at the university level. People will have choices. They can go to the University of Florida or many other universities in red states, public universities, and they're not going to find this level of DEI indoctrination. In fact, it's being defunded. Or they can go to schools in New York, public universities, or California, and they will be inundated with it. Or they can go to private elite colleges where they will be inundated with it, and they're going to have to make choices. I think just like people vote with their feet, moving south. If you look at all the demographic maps showing, you know, trends of where people move, it's all north to south. Nobody's moving north. Uh, And I think you'll see that in academia. It may take, you know, a few years to play itself out. And I don't dismiss the Ivy League credential being an allure for people. But I think you will see people moving to other you know, locations for academia, for academics, just as you see them moving to other locations for other things in life. Yeah, I think there was a time when every parent would have been very proud to have their kids uh, going off to an Ivy League school. Uh, I think now those very same parents would be very proud if those those students were going to a, a, a school uh, south or west, wherever it is necessary to go. Uh, that provided a, a great education and uh, and no indoctrination. You get the last word here, Professor. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, my last word is this is an opportunity for change. The complete implosion in the public perception of the elite institutions is a chance for, for change, for the better, to strengthen our country and to strengthen the institutions. And don't let this moment pass. It's a moment created by the institutions, they are, you know, uh, self-destructing in front of our very eyes. They have enormous hypocrisy. They're losing credibility. And we shouldn't let that pass. You know, to, to use a famous political phrase, don't let a crisis go to waste. And, and the crisis on campuses is something we can't let go to waste. We have to turn it into a better situation uh, because otherwise it's just going to get worse. Thank you very much, Professor. I'm going to take this opportunity to tell everybody, let your representative, let your congressman or congresswoman, your your senator know exactly how you feel about what is happening with taxpayer dollars and these uh, these left wing Marxist institutions that have been created to indoctrinate our children rather than educate them. The capital switchboard is 202-224-3121. 224-3121 and let our elected officials know what you expect of them. And I want just to make one final urging here before you send a child off to to one of these uh, left-wing institutions, 
please check out your local community college. The educations they provide, in my opinion, are the greatest bargain in this country. Uh, it is a great, great uh, resource uh, for everyone. And, uh, you know, please consider it because not only will you not be saddled with debt uh, that has been and the money uh, which has been spent to fund some left wing professor, uh, you'll be getting a bargain and also assuring your son or daughter uh, gets a good education and isn't saddled with a debt that will be a significant part of their life paying off. Uh, again, Professor, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it and look forward to our next next talk. All the best. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Please be with us through the week. Please join us each and every day. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs. And again, thank you, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America. <laughs>